the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. I know what you're thinking. Is he going to work every day this week? Yes, if that's what it takes to get it done. Yes, I will work every single day this week, except tomorrow, of course, and Monday, of course. But uh, yeah, pretty much every single day this week. Uh, good morning, friends. It's 6 o'clock on the East Coast. It's 3 o'clock on the West Coast. The interesting thing to me is there are people on this radio channel who are on the West Coast, and they're awake and listening. And thank you. Very important. Thank you. Uh, happy you're here. Even though your insomnia might be driving you crazy, uh, just know that I woke up at 3 o'clock as well. So I guess we're even, aren't we? Yes, we are. Uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a fantastic weekend, at least I, I believe it is. You know, we've got spotty weather here on the East Coast, but guess what? It's a weekend that uh, will be a little extended for me, which, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to take advantage of it. And maybe I'll sneak some golf in. Maybe I'll sneak some barbecuing in. Uh, Monday, 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Monday, you should at least at that time. Let's all do this. Let's all get out our phones, our smart devices. And uh, first of all, put them on silent during the show. Um, And set an alarm, a reminder for 3 o'clock on Monday that uh, you want to remember what Memorial Day is all about. I wonder if I can do it with Siri. I wonder if Siri will play along uh, this morning. Let's, let's see, shall we? By, by the way, this is Pierre Opelka of the Blaze Radio Network. If you want to join the conversation, 888-933-9393-888-900-3393. I'm online at Stunt Brain. I posted a picture of the coffee mug. I'm using today it's filled with tea of course but it's from my previous days in television back in the 90s at fx and personal fx the collectible show it's the it's the mugs i had made for the staff when we hit our 500th show because we were the i think we were the longest running show on that network yeah 
But let's see if we can set an appointment with Siri. God, I am ADD this morning. Aren't I bouncing around like a BB in a boxcar? Hey, Siri, can we set an appointment? See what she says. Sure thing. What's the date and time of this appointment? 3 p.m. Monday, the 29th of May. Okay, I set up your appointment for Monday. Shall I schedule it? Yes, please. It's on your calendar for 3 p.m. Monday. Thank you, Siri. So I'm set up, and I'll get a reminder on Monday. <clears throat> and typically, Siri gives me a 15-minute uh, warning ahead of time. So I know that wherever I am on Monday, and I, I don't think I'm going to forget Monday, Memorial Day, what we're supposed to be doing. And it's in your time zone. So don't worry about making the time zone adjustment. Memorial Day, marking it with your friends and family is wonderful, but also taking time to remember the real reason behind it, to honor those who served this nation, died, and uh, gave us our freedom, basically. Gave us the freedoms we have today and enjoy. So I've made my appointment. Uh, where to go, what to talk about today. I want to talk about... I want to talk about some amazing things going on with kids. I have some good news. Uh, there's some, obviously, political news. The Washington Post is running with a, a very hot story, according to the left media, that uh, Donald Trump's son-in-law, Mr. Kushner, proposed a secret line of communication to the Kremlin. And uh, while CNN is calling it breaking news, the Washington Post is calling it a, a cover story, there are questions that will remain. But here's the interesting thing. Jared Kushner has offered himself up. He will testify. So while the White House is not commenting on this report, Mr. Kushner will show up at the, at the intelligence hearings at the committee hearings, and, and he will answer questions. Now, the DNC, of course, any anytime you say anything, Jared Kushner did not make his bed this morning, the DNC will immediately say, Donald Trump has to fire Jared Kushner right now, at least revoking his security clearance. That has to happen right now. And we've become this... We've become this polarized nation where any, any inference turns into an immediate declaration of guilt. An immediate declaration of guilt and uh, no, no idea on due process. Now, the, the other side of the equation is, as long as it's, I should have added, as long as it's one of your enemies that is accused or rumored to have done something untoward, and the reason why I say you have to put in the uh, statement of as long as it's one of your enemies or as long as the decision falls in line with your personal beliefs. Um, yesterday, the report all over CNN, and I don't think anybody quite caught the secondary level of this story. CNN kept saying that uh, Jim Comey acted on a document that was actually false, a fake document from the Russians, and he actually acted on that document in terms of the Hillary Clinton investigation. And I thought, 
Well, if if you now have information that the FBI director was responding to fake documents, got fooled by fake documents and acted on it, isn't that enough reason to to support Donald Trump firing him? Isn't that reason enough to say, well, look, of course, yeah, he had to go. But see, they don't get it. They absolutely don't get it. Now, Comey and his firing will never be right, even though everybody called for it. And Comey, despite the fact that we, we now know Jim Comey actually acted on a fake document. So he got fooled. He absolutely got fooled. And yet nobody's going there, are they? No. No, they're not. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We will get into some of the left's outrage. And I think it's false out, false outrage. We'll get into... More on Hillary Clinton's speech yesterday, because I really think, um, well, I pointed out, if you were here yesterday, I pointed out um, the, uh, the most interesting thing about Hillary Clinton's speech was the fact that she completely screwed up the history, the history on, on uh, impeachment in this country. And you'd think that would be something she would be aware of. If you didn't catch it, here's the brief clip. And by the way, we were furious about the past presidential election <laughs> of a man whose presidency would eventually end in disgrace with his impeachment for obstruction of justice. <laughs> Of course, the Wellesley grads are losing their mind over this, but let, let's let Hillary finish. After, after firing the person running the investigation into him at the Department of Justice. Well, see, here's, here's the problem, uh, Mrs. Clinton. Uh, you're, you're right on the last part. She's talking, of course, about Richard Nixon, but she's also so wrong that it's, it's almost stunning. And this is, again, the left pushing their agenda, pushing their narrative without any attention to the facts. And I think that's important, especially when you consider 50% of the people who've been impeached in American history... 50% of the presidents who've been impeached have the same last name as you. Richard Nixon was not impeached. Richard Nixon resigned. Now, he may have been impeached had he stuck around. But there have only been two presidents impeached, one being your husband, William Jefferson Clinton, the other being Andrew Johnson, who avoided, avoided the conviction on those impeachments by just one vote. So you, your husband, and Andrew Johnson share that wonderful stain on American history of being the only two presidents to be impeached, not Richard Nixon. And the interesting thing here, the beautiful...
wonderful irony that God gives us is uh, not, not too much later in the same speech at Wellesley College, not too much later, Hillary Clinton made this wonderful statement. After all, in the words of my predecessor in the Senate, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, everyone is entitled to his own opinion, but not his own facts. And then she does the obligatory head nod. Whenever she wants you to agree with something, she says, watch Hillary Clinton. She nods her head affirmatively. It's almost like a bobblehead, but you, you, I get so distracted and irritated by it. And she has the cough back. I don't know if you noticed it. She's, <clears throat> she's coughing again. But th this speech was just so irritating. And I'm sure, you know what? I'm sure if we want to be honest about it, it had to be really irritating for Hillary Clinton, too. It had to be very irritating because she expected to be there as President Hillary Clinton. She expected to be there as the commander-in-chief coming back to the place where she had once delivered a commencement address as a student back in 1969. Instead, she had to come back as... <sighs> The also ran. But the, this just this whole thing about a speech that she's she's distorting the truth and putting up alternative facts and then giving a lecture on alternative facts. I just don't understand why mainstream media isn't really leaning on her and pointing this out. It's because of the last name Clinton and you don't want to have Hillary upset with you when you get Chelsea elected in 2028 or whatever the hell they're planning. Just a, a sidebar. But yeah, after, after Hillary Clinton screwed up the facts about impeachment, she then went on to pull out the time-tested Daniel Patrick Moynihan quote about you're entitled to your own opinion, but not your own facts. What a wonderful way to... Start the day with a Clintonian irony. There's more today, too. There's much more today. I want to talk about travel again. I also want to get to, uh, I want to get to some light news, because there is some light news, some good news, and uh, some head-shaking news, some stuff that's going to make you go, no, they didn't do that, did they? No, no, don't say that. Yeah, they, I've got some of those, and I'll share them next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Two thousand seventeen is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy 
it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Despite the fact that the Washington Post headline is screaming on uh, not only the left-leaning media, but all over the Internet, I, I think it's a slow news day. So I think it's going to be a day for us to have some fun with the news. But I, I'm not quite done with Hillary Clinton yet. I'm not quite. Uh, the, the woman who she was dead broke when she left the White House estimated to be worth, I think, somewhere between 30 and $50 million, and they have zero debt. Zero debt. What, what would it be like for you? What would it be like for you to wake up and not have debt on anything? Your car, your house, your student loans. What would it be like? No credit card debt. What could you do in your life if, if you did not have the worry of debt? Because many people, many among us, actually have to budget long-term payments to those debts. And the Clintons don't have that. And yet, you know, we're supposed to feel bad for her. We're supposed to be a hor- feel horrible for her. She talked about coming back from the election loss yesterday. And in this brief explanation, I won't torture you with the entire, <laughs> the entire speech. In this brief explanation, Hillary actually kind of gives us a window inside. And I think, uh, I think tells us the real, the real way she dealt with it. You may have heard that things didn't exactly go the way I planned. But you know what? I'm doing okay. I've gotten to spend time with my family, especially my amazing grandchildren. I was going to give the entire commencement speech about them, but was talked out of it. Long walks in the woods. Organizing my closets, right? I won't lie, Chardonnay helped a little too. Now, there you go. Chardonnay helped a little. I am betting Hillary Clinton shows up with Hoda and Kathy Lee very soon with a vat of Chardonnay. I'm just saying. I can't feel bad for this woman at all. I cannot feel bad that she's not in the White House. I cannot feel bad that Hillary Clinton was denied the opportunity to reshape the Supreme Court in her own image. God help us. I can't feel bad at all about it. Not in the least. 
She has she has power. She still has power. I think the Clintons still run the party. And the between the Clintons and the Obamas, there is an epic struggle going on for the control of the Democratic Party. And I think that's part of the reason you're seeing Obama in Europe bouncing around and trying to take the spotlight off President Trump. And this is part of the reason you're going to see the Clintons out there. I think both of these political families, the Obamas and the Clintons, see the lack of leadership atop the Democratic Party. And they also see the potential for a wave election in 2018. They still believe it, despite what happened in uh, the special elections since the election of Donald Trump. And, and we have another one coming up in Georgia soon. But despite the, the fact that they're not having these, these success stories in the special elections, they still look at 2018 with the potential for a wave election that they think they could take back control of the House. And bo both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama want to be the puppet masters behind the scenes directing the Democratic Party. So just pay attention. That's my, my analysis, that the big story here is not so much what's going on out front, but what's happening underneath the surface and the struggle to not only control but direct the future of the Democratic Party. There is serious discontent because you also have to factor in the wild card of Bernie Sanders. Politics is my soap opera, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We'll get into some of the fun stuff, too. I promise you, there's, there's lots of fun stuff. This is fun for me. But come on back to Pure Old Pelka after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Just watching President Trump as he is uh, wrapping up the G7 meeting. And uh, they're doing the photo op, you know, where everybody who attends the meeting gathers and they stand. And uh, President Trump will be in the middle. And snip, snip, snap, snap, snap. And all the, all the goofy. Why do the cameras have to make that noise? We don't need that noise. The president may speak to the troops in Italy this morning, the American troops in Italy, and it might be carried live. If it is, we might jump on that. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. At least we'll have excerpts from it. Uh, you know, after this show, of course, Jeff Fisher and the Jeff Fisher show starting at 9 o'clock Eastern. I suggest you stick around for Jeffy and then... Uh, Lawrence Billy Jones III, Mr. Slater, Mike Slater, my buddy, and Joe Pags with The Weekend. A full schedule of programming on the Blaze Radio Network for you. Thank you for being here. I, I want to ask you a favor. If you go to theblaze.com, 
my channel is featured at the top this week or for the next couple of days. The Michael Pelka channel is at the top. If you have not, if you have not joined or followed my channel, I'd like to ask you to do that. We are darn close to the coveted 20,000 follower level. I'm trying to catch Doc Thompson because he's, he's just killing me. But yeah, I know he's been there for a while. He's had his channels forever and ever and ever. But I want to catch up to Doc. And, and we're within 250 followers of the, the like I said, the coveted 20,000 followers. So help me feed my insatiable ego. Thank you. Are you like me? Do you love... Do you love entrepreneurs and inventors? I don't watch Shark Tank, although I have friends who absolutely uh, are addicted to Shark Tank. And they say, we, we thought you liked entrepreneurs and inventors. I do. But that show has become about Mark Cuban. That show has become about the sharks and not about the products. And to me, it's too staged. So uh, I'm a fan of finding... Finding these inventions, these devices, these these new interesting things. Uh, but I find them not on Shark Tank. I find them in other places like on the GoFundMe pages or the Indiegogo pages. And I just saw one this morning that I had to share with you because I think it's, a, it's an interesting example of an idea I think that will do really well and... And it's, it's about finding a market, you know, it's about finding th that market that you know you could uh, sell into. And if it's your passion, you should chase it. So this is the, the Indiegogo pitch for something that I, I'm absolutely trying to figure out how I can get away with ordering this without getting chastised by the vice president of finance here are you sick and tired of push notifications emails text messages and snapchats is the nine to five too serious do you often confuse your food with your phone then you need a banana phone banana phone is a bluetooth enabled mobile handset that connects to your smartphone so you can talk to your friends and family on a banana we like to think of it as a phone with a po and we're taking a bite out of the Apple accessory market, one banana at a time. So it's exactly what you think it is. It's a plastic banana, a banana yellow banana, plastic with a Bluetooth connection to your phone. And it's just silly. But you absolutely know somebody who you should give this to. And these guys put this on the Indiegogo a few days ago. Uh, they wanted to. They figured they could, they could manufacture it and get it out in the market by September if they got thirty thousand dollars in, and they still have five days left, and they've raised over thirty thousand dollars. So good for them. But if you're if you're interested, you you I think you can find it on YouTube under Banana Phone, but it is one of the Indiegogos. They've, they've apparently only been out six months, Indiegogo, and I will tell you, I think their, their product line, their group of, of uh, small business people, I, I think they're among the best. The products I see, 
Some of them are dumb. Some of now I'm absolutely talking about the banana phone, but the banana phone, even though it's dumb, it's absolutely something I know there's a market for. It's like the Spencer's gift type thing that you go into the the tchotchke store in the mall and you say, no one's going to, I know the perfect person this is, this needs to be on Scott's desk. And he can answer his banana phone every day. But uh, if, you're, if you're like me and you have uh, an interest in whimsy and silly little products and believe in supporting these entrepreneurs, then you have to visit Indiegogo. They don't, it's not all weird stuff. They have the latest, um, the latest 3D printing pen, which comes from Polaroid. So it's, it's a, that's a big name. But these are big companies that are, that are putting out products this way. So they're, they're basically funding their research and development. But there's everything from, from weird, um, weird shelving systems, interesting furniture, lamps. Uh, there was a, you, you can see on the market today one of those suitcases that also has a charging station in it. And I think that started on one of these GoFundMe or Indiegogo pages. So th this is where the entrepreneurs are going. I think Shark Tank, while it was fun initially, I'm betting that, that these kind of online marketplaces for uh, these objects is going to soon outshine them. Because why would you go to a Shark Tank and have to sell a certain portion of your, of your uh, funding when you could just go online and pretty much own all of all of your product line going forward, this is where you get your seed money. It's like the guys who came up with the, the romp him, you know, the jumper for men, the, the one with shorts. I think this is brilliant stuff. If there's one out there that you have a, a favorite of or you've seen and you want to share, please do. Just great stuff. Absolutely great stuff. Uh, all right, I got to get into some more of the fun news here before we get back to the serious stuff. There was a story earlier this week uh, that came out of a school setting that I needed to share with you. And it was uh, sent to me by a buddy of mine who said, this is perfect for you. This dad got uh, a copy of the kids' um, assignment. Kids at the end of the school year would get a questionnaire from the teacher. And it's basically asking the kid to rate the teacher, to rate, to rate their performance as an educator, which if you had given us that when we were in grammar school, because I think this kid is 10 or 12 years old. I think the kid's 10. So what is 10 years old? That's fifth grade? So this fifth grader gets a, a, a form from the faculty that said, Please answer in just sentences here. And the, one of the last ones said simply, things my teachers can do better. And the child answered, this, this answer is so good. <laughs> the dad said, <laughs> I just want to buy my kid ice cream <laughs> after reading this. Under the, uh, the answer to the question, things my teachers can do better. In the childlike scrawl, it is written, not use collective punishment as it is not 
It is not fair on many of the people who did nothing. And under the 1949 Geneva Convention, it is a war crime. I love this kid. This kid is giving me hope. I'll tell you what, I will, uh, I will tweet out a link, uh, a copy of it. I'll tweet out a copy of the kid's answer. And I hope this dad bought this kid ice cream. This kid deserves ice cream breakfast. <laughs> this kid deserves ice cream soup at lunch. This is a kid who gets it. And on the flip side, there are parents who don't get it. And there are parents who are making me crazy. And there are schools who are also making me crazy with their overprotection of these kids. They want to bubble wrap them and put them, in the, uh, put them in a protective coating that they will not let them experience the world. You want proof? I have a great example just around the corner. I'll share it with you next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Can I just ask, what the hell is going on on the morning Blaze? I show up once a week on that program on Thursdays to have a little chit-chat with the boys. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know what it needs? It needs a, they, they would lighten up or straighten up and fly right if occasionally a female would stop in. It's just uh, a little kooky for me, but it's it's getting to be a little soap opery in there between Cal and Chris Cruz and, and Doc. And you know what Doc is doing. Doc does what Doc always does. He stands on the side and he's got a big piece of cardboard and he's fanning the flames between Chris Cruz and Cal. I know it and I actually uh, respect it greatly. But uh, you should listen. If you don't listen to The Morning Blaze, you should. All right, I got to get into this story because um, uh, you know how I feel about raising kids today versus the way I was raised. I feel like the kids today are so, so bubble wrapped, so hover parented that they're not getting to they're not getting to experience life, success and or failure, happiness, sadness, because nobody wants their kids to feel bad. Nobody wants their kids to lose. Nobody wants their kids to fall down and scrape a knee. Well, of course you don't. That's part of being a good person. But you're preventing a kid from developing the, the emotional muscles to fight off whatever's coming in life because not everything in life is great. You know, my mom, God rest her soul, really was a genius as a parent. She initially was a school teacher. And so I guess the, those skills helped her greatly when she had nine kids to wrangle and nine different sets of problems to deal with at any given time. And she was the greatest and she didn't hide terrible stuff from us. 
you know, if there was bad stuff, I've, I've told you guys my mom's explanation of communism to us and how, how she explained to this small group of kids at a dinner table one night over a McDonald's dinner um, what the Berlin Wall was all about and how it would affect us and, and that communism versus capitalism meant really life and death in many ways. So when I read the story out of, uh, out of Raytown, Missouri, and what, what a school did after a student's, uh, a bus of students drove past, didn't stop, drove past a body on the side of the road, uh, what, what they did just makes me scratch my head and go, hold on a second, what are we doing? Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that the Raytown Middle School was wrong to do. Yeah, I am saying they're wrong to do this. Here's what happened. Uh, just a, a couple of days ago, the school bus that was taking the kids to and from school drove down the usual route it takes, and as it passed this one section of the town, it drove past a police crime scene. Now, the crime scene was 50 feet from the road. And that's a, a good long way. Think about a four-story building, 50 feet from the road. There was a dead body on the side of the road. And the school sent a note home to all the kids who were on bus 52 and to their parents saying you received a call from either me or the district today detailing an event that took place on your child's bus route. I'm very concerned about what the students may have seen and heard. And we ask that you and you partner with us in the following ways, if possible, be a presence at the bus stop or ask another trusted adult to assist you with this. Avoid exposure to media coverage of the event. Provide positive, nonviolent activities to help them cope. And during these discussions about the event, listen to your child and refrain from adding details or sharing new information that may stress or anxiety that may add stress or anxiety. Don't be surprised if this is a conversation that occurs several times over the next few weeks. And reassure your child's sense of safety by putting the event in context or talking about a family safety plan or emergency contact information. Are we bubble wrapping these kids? The bus drove by a crime scene and you want them not to know about it. There's more. There's more on this. It's madness, I know. I'll be back after a break. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, second hour of the Saturday show. We're welcoming the weekend. It's a Memorial Day weekend, of course, Monday, three o'clock. We have to all set an alarm as I did earlier on the show today. Siri set up an appointment for me. Just so I get a little advance warning, making sure I'm focused on the right things. Monday, 3 p.m. in your time zone. 
spend a few minutes thinking about the people who we really are supposed to honor on Memorial Day, those who died, those who died fighting for this country. So uh, just just make sure you remember that. Um, watching a couple of stories today, I want to get back to the school story, but uh, I'll have an update on the Jared Kushner story because despite the Washington Post and all their hand-wringing and front-page headline writing, uh, the intelligence sources say Kushner's not the subject of the investigation. Not the subject of the investigation. And he has offered to testify. And he's offered to talk to the FBI. So, boom. Everybody calm down. President will be heading home shortly. I thought we were going to get a possibility of tuning into his speech to the troops in Italy. He's going to be stopping by a base in Sicily, and uh, that's going to be probably in a couple hours. So I don't think we're going to get to carry it live. I was hoping we would. Uh, there's also an update out of Manchester this morning. British police say they are actually evacuating people who live in a house that's being searched in connection with the bombing. The Greater Manchester Police Officers, according to the Associated Press, are moving people from one area in the Moss Side neighborhood as a precaution because they believe that there, there was the, the probability that a second bomb, at least one more bomb, was made and taken to another location for possibly use in another attack. So this is the, the typical MO of these bombers. This is the typical modus operandi. They make the bombs in one location and then will distribute them for use at a, at a prescribed time for another attack. So we'll, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. But that's out of Manchester. Um, I, I hope they're ahead of it. I, I really do hope they're ahead of it. Hope to God they're ahead of it. When we went away, I was telling you about a story out of, out of uh, a, a bedroom community of Kansas City, the Raytown, Missouri. And this was the really, to me, it's an odd story. To me, a guy who grew up going to grammar school in the 60s and uh, high school in the 70s, high school and college in the 70s. I, I don't understand helicopter parenting. I don't understand bubble wrapping the kids. We rode our bikes to school. We ice skated on the river to school. We walked to school or, or occasionally we took the bus. And now if kids take the bus, the schools really kind of stress having the parents meet the kids at the bus stop and wait with the kids in the morning. I, I, I don't understand that. I guess I'm ignorant to the, the dangers of today's world. Uh, and at the local schools here, if parents don't put their kids on a bus, which many of them don't, there is a gigantic conga line of cars that has to be in front of the school to drop off and pick up the kids each day. And it's one, one car, one kid, one car, one kid. And so it goes. And I don't know how parents, or I guess they have to have a helper, have the time. It just seems like it's a, a gigantic strain. But 
if the schools are that worried about liability, I guess they're going to mandate this this type of activity. But what happened in Raytown is so bizarre to me. The kids who were on bus 52 apparently drove past a crime scene where there was a dead body on the lawn. There was a body of a, a man who had committed suicide and, and the school bus drove past it. Now, it wasn't on the side of the road near, near the kids, right where the bus came by. It was 50 feet away. And it appears to be covered. It actually appears to have a white sheet over it. At the time, the school bus is going by. There's a photo of, of the body and the bus. And I, I think it's a photo probably from a security camera or something. But um, you just have to wonder. It's a body under a sheet 50 feet from the bus, and the bus goes by. And uh, the school, out of an overabundance of caution, sent a note home. First, they called all the, all the families of the kids that were on bus 52 to kind of alert them to what happened. And to ask them to be present when the bus comes home so the, the child can be met by a parent. And uh, they gave them instructions on, on what they should do for the kids, if, if possible. If possible, avoid exposure to media coverage of the event. So don't tell your kids there was a suicide? Seriously? Provide positive, nonviolent activities to help them cope. Uh, do you really think any parent is saying, hey, let's get out the violent activities book today? I know it's very basic. They say during discussions about the event, listen to your child and refrain from adding details or sharing new information that may add stress or anxiety. Don't be surprised if this is a conversation that occurs several times over the next few weeks and reassure your child's sense of safety. By putting the event in context, talking about a family safety plan, emergency contact information, reminding them that school is a safe place to be. Oh, so I see. The world isn't safe, but school is. We should only trust school, right? The memo from the principal, Dr. Georgetta May, goes on to say children react differently to trauma than adults. While adults are familiar with emotions, yeah, not all. Uh, children have to learn coping mechanisms for traumatic events. Here's the irony. The principal says children have to learn coping mechanisms for traumatic events. At the same time, in the same memo, she's instructing the parents to prevent the kids from really knowing about the traumatic events. The second item on her list at the top in the previous paragraph, the second item after please show up at the bus stop, the second item says, avoid exposure to media coverage of the event. And yet in her, her next paragraph, she talks about children have to learn coping mechanisms for traumatic events. But how are they to learn if we're not to let them experience it? Then she gives a list of uh, troubling behaviors to watch out for. Trouble sleeping or nightmares. Well, as a child, I can tell you I had nightmares all the time because I like to watch science fiction movies. 
Giant spiders eating cities. If your child's on edge, easily provoked or irritable, has irrational fears, fear of recurrence or fears about personal safety, loss of appetite, stomach pain, aching muscles, unable to label their feelings or emotions. Well, a lot of that sounds like a child growing up. The principal goes on to say, you know your child best and you know how he or she reacts to things regularly. Vigilance about changes in your child's normal behavior is the best measure and the best measuring stick for your level of concern. Please contact us at the school if you need assistance. Now, okay, overabundance of caution, right? So you're a parent at the school and uh, what happens? What happens? Well, some of the parents actually got this and they were concerned about the kids even though this was the last day of school for the school year. And um, one mom posted the story on, on social media, posted the memo on social media, saying that the school had called her and rambled on. And uh, the, the report on Facebook said, finally, he got it out, saying, your child had seen a dead body today, and he's with the grievance counselor. They made it like, the, the mom said, they made it like the body was in the street or something. And the, I, ju I just think this is why we are raising a, a generation, an entire generation of kids that have no idea about reality. We are literally bubble wrapping them and while the school is telling parents to help kids develop their coping mechanisms and, and dealing with reality, they're completely shielding them from reality. I, a non-parent sees this. I'm the non-parent. If, if you want to keep up on stuff like this, I encourage you to follow uh, my friend Lenore Skenazy. She has a website called Free Range Kids. It's all about how to, how to raise safe self-reliant children without going nuts with worry and her her one of her mantras is kids deserve unsupervised time some unsupervised time she doesn't say all the time should be unsupervised <laughs> but this episode in uh raytown missouri is just I, I will you know what i need to do i need to tweet out a link to this story so you can see the picture that shows the body covered with a sheet 50 feet from the road where the bus is passing by to prove to you I, you want to bet that probably nobody saw it or noticed it and i'm um, i'm guessing that half the kids on the bus went cool unless they knew the home or the person who committed suicide and in most cases they probably did not i'll tweet that out right now and uh, we'll take a break and come back i'm pure opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. 
on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. I just posted the link to Lenore Skenazy's site, Free Range Kids, and the story that we talked about, uh, the story of um, the school and the kids who drove past on the school bus, drove past a body 50 feet away, under a blanket. And the school now has the kids in grief counseling and warning the parents to protect them from media reports about this. What are we doing? All right, calm down, Mike. Calm down. I get myself a little counseling here. Uh, I want to I turn a little bit and offer, offer some comfort, compassion, and prayers to somebody I regularly skewer on this show, somebody I, I spend a lot of time making sure uh, she's doing the right thing, at least the thing I think is the right thing. I'm talking about Mika Brzezinski. Mika Brzezinski is somebody I, I, I love to watch because I disagree with her on so many things. And uh, I keep an eye on Mika, and I have posted many, many, many stories about Mika Brzezinski, uh, mostly disagreeing with what she, what she does and how she comports herself. And last night, Mika, Mika Brzezinski's dad Zbigniew Brzezinski, or Zbig as he was known, a guy who served this country in a diplomatic fashion, passed away at the age of 89. And he was a guy who, who depending on which side you were on, he was a guy who, who got a lot, of, a lot of time in the White House, a lot of face time in the White House. He was a guy who who was respected and and disliked uh, just as you would imagine. But Zbig was somebody's dad. And last night Mika posted on her at Morning Mika Twitter account, "My father passed away peacefully tonight. He was known to his friends." as Zbig, and it connects to her Instagram account. Now, you can disagree with Mika, but what we should do at this time in anyone's life is offer them our hearts and our prayers. Because eventually, if you haven't already been there, eventually you're going to be in the same spot Mika Brzezinski is in today. And that's the, the part of saying goodbye saying goodbye to a parent or someone so close to you that they, they, they shaped your life. And so that's what I did this morning. I sent my public notice of, of prayers and comfort to Mika and her family. And I even wrote to Joe because uh, I've, I've met them both in the past and they've actually been really friendly despite the fact that I have been, and, and Mika knows exactly who I am, and the articles I've written, but they also understand that at the end of the day, we're all people, and we can disagree on stuff, and we can do it without being disagreeable. But as I started wandering through the, the responses to Mika's news about her father, I'm, I'm stunned by the people who would attack this post and I wonder, is that who we really have become? Is, is this really what we've done? You have a, a, a woman, a human, a person, someone who is a daughter and someone who is also a mom, 
who is putting her heart out in public and saying she's had to say goodbye to her dad. And how wrong is it to attack the father and or the mourning daughter? I think it's just awful. But the other interesting thing to me, so anyone who's out there going on Mika's Twitter account or her Instagram and attacking her today or trying to smear her dad, just just check yourself. Just really look in the mirror and say, is this what you want the world to think of you? That That's really where it's got to start. I hate to pull the old Michael Jackson man in the mirror line, but really, really, if you want to go after somebody within 24 hours of the passing of their father and attack them based on the fact that you may not have di agreed with the father and wh what he did. Well, then I look at the diversity of people who are sending condolences. And you see co-workers at, at MSNBC like Chris Hayes. And you see people down the channel at CNN and someone over at Fox. You see folks from every walk of the media spectrum. And people like Nancy Sinatra sending condolences. Uh, the loss of a parent should always push politics to the side. Just a personal thought. So if you have the instinct today, if you hear Mika Brzezinski lost her dad today, it happened last night, it would be darn nice of you to maybe send a good thought or a good prayer or if you're so inclined, send her a note via Twitter. It's not going to hurt you. It costs you zero. All it does is make you a little bit better. Seriously. All right, lecture over. Mika, I hope your family heals. I, she's not listening, but I'm putting it out there in the universe. It's a terrible thing to lose a parent, even if you know they're going. It's, it's horrible, but it's also part of life, and it's something that we should be able to rely on each other to take care of each other. So uh, rest in peace, Z-Big. Thanks for your service to this country. We'll be back after the break. We'll get into the headlines and some of the punchlines on Pure Opelka. Come on back. Welcome back to Pure Opelka on this Memorial Day weekend. We still have a lot to do. There's a lot of news bubbling. Uh, we, will, we will get to that. You know, there was news this week about a politician who was charged with assault, misdemeanor assault, and uh, made headline news, gigantic headline news, uh, mostly because... It was a guy who was running for office, running to be the only congressional representative 
in the state of Montana, kind of a small state, and not a lot of population there, so only one seat in the House. And uh, the big news was 12 hours before the polling opened, even though early voting had been going on, 12 hours before the polling opened, he got involved with a reporter and allegedly body slammed the guy, broke his glasses. He ended up winning. Gianfante, Gianforte uh, ended up winning the election, and it was a decent-sized victory. Trump had won the state by 21 points, 20 points, and there was a prediction that a Democratic swarm of voters was going to make him lose the election, and they thought, surely, surely after this allegation, there'll be a, a bunch of voters who rush out to the polls to make sure he doesn't win. Well, all of the reporting on the early voting was kind of indicating that that there was no way in hell he could have, what did Trump say? He could have shot somebody on Fifth Avenue and his poll numbers would go up. Well, early voting appeared to be key in pushing this election towards the Republican side of the aisle. And this is, this is fine. I'm, I'm happy the GOP keeps the seat. Uh, I don't know enough about this guy. If he truly did this, I don't like it at all. Uh, violence is never an answer, even to a jackwagon reporter. And as someone who's been a jackwagon journalist at some time in my life, as someone who likes to ask the tough questions, uh, I certainly don't want to be met with violence. So I don't endorse it at all, ever. The press is the press and needs to be protected. But... Uh, but we'll see with this guy. But this also points out my argument about early voting. I'm not a fan of early voting in any situation. And this really highlights it. See, the Democrats have been pushing early voting forever. You know, at least a month ahead of time. They want it at least a month ahead of time so everybody can vote because everyone has to be able to vote whether they whether they have a, an ID or not, and all the stuff the Democrats always say, and they get behind this early voting. And I will tell you, I think early voting actually hurt Hillary Clinton the same way. And yet the Democrats will keep pushing it. Keep pushing it. I wouldn't mind weekend voting. We're not going to probably see a change in voting uh, right away. But you want to bet that the early voting people on the Democratic side of things this week aren't going, you know, maybe we should rethink that whole early voting thing. Especially in the wake of of the uh, Montana election and the Jim Comey October 28th statements about Hillary Clinton. Could have it affected early voting? Maybe, maybe not. But we'll never know. I'm just I'm not an early voting proponent. Uh, but also speaking about politicians and misdemeanor charges and. Um, well, let's get right to it. Woody Kane, Tim Kane's son, son of a Virginia senator, is facing possible jail time, possible fine. He was charged with um, uh, a gross misdemeanor. Kane, who's only 24 years old, on Friday 
got the news that the prosecutors in St. Paul, Minnesota, were charging him with fleeing on foot, concealing identity in a public place, and obstructing the legal process by interfering with a police officer. Kane uh, was one of the people who was a counter-protester inside Minnesota State Capitol Rotunda after the March for Trump rally. And uh, this group of people was, was causing all kinds of trouble. And they, they also, many of them covered their faces and they had goggles and they apparently in some cases threw smoke bombs, fireworks, sprayed mace. Now, they're, they're not saying that Cain was charged with any of that, but he is facing, uh, facing some, some time if he were convicted and given the stiffest of sentence. Do you want to bet whether or not uh, Tim Cain's son, the son of a former Democratic presidential candidate, vice presidential candidate, uh, you want to bet that he gets no jail time, especially in a Minnesota courtroom? Mom and dad support him and say that they hope the matter is resolved soon. Uh, we'll see if the Linwood Kane case gets as much time in the media as the, uh, as the alleged uh, body slamming case does. I'll bet you this is, we won't hear about this again until we hear that he's been sentenced to nothing. That's, that's just the way it goes. All right. Um, Nancy Pelosi. Did we spend enough time on Nancy Pelosi? No, there's never enough time spent on Nancy Pelosi. I want to talk about Nancy Pelosi, and she's always making some crazy kind of statement, ridiculous statement. And she's got a new one that came out yesterday. And this is this is the only way Democrats can get angry and fight back with President Trump's trip overseas. President Trump has, I think he's had the best week since he became president, in spite of what you're hearing about the Gerald, uh, Jared, Jared Kushner news today. In spite of that, I think, I think this has been his best week since being sworn into office. And he, the, the trip to Saudi Arabia, the meeting with the Pope, the meeting with the NATO ministers in Brussels, and then the G7, and now he's going to be flying home after he speaks in front of the troops in Sicily. So I think it's been a strong week for the president. He's actually had a, a decent spike in his ratings, according to Rasmussen. But Nancy Pelosi could not resist the opportunity to come after the president. This was Pelosi on her uh, regular Friday meeting. And, uh, it, well, it's just ridiculous. Listen to how... She tries to tear down the president's international trip. Um, I have said I thought it was unusual for the president of the United States to go to Saudi Arabia first. Saudi Arabia. It wasn't even alphabetical. I mean, Saudi Arabia. Now it wasn't even alphabetical. What? Did anyone else just stop and go, wait, what? You're supposed to go alphabetical? Really, Nancy? This is the woman the Democrats want to return to the speaker's role. This is the woman that dreams of 2018 snatching the giant gavel away from Paul Ryan. The first thing she says about the president's trip 
which by virtually every account has been filled with presidential moments and has been filled with uh, successes, both uh, diplomatically and actually in a little bit of policy as he's getting, uh, he's getting things done overseas. She continues. Notice the previous five presidents, President Reagan, President George Herbert Walker Bush, President Clinton, President George W. Bush, and President Obama, four of them went to Canada first, and one of them went to Mexico. George W. Bush went to Mexico first. So according to Nancy, and what a wonderful command of history she had as she held up her hand and counted the five presidents before President Trump, and she got them all right. Slight pause there, but she got them all right. She, uh, she wants to point out that, that we didn't have a visit to Canada first when four of the five previous presidents went to Canada first. Well, maybe there's no major pressing business with Canada. Maybe there's no big deal. And in terms of Mexico, the president's been in contact with the, the Mexican president. And the president's been in contact with the, the little Trudeau guy in charge of Canada. So maybe there wasn't a big pressing issue. It kills the Democrats that there is this much success happening for the Trumps while they are lighting fires in every corner of the White House attempting to try and push the president out. Nancy continues. In our hemisphere, it didn't have to be in our hemisphere, but our friends and neighbors. How did, what was the decision-making process to go to Saudi Arabia first? That's a question that I have. And uh, what policy flows from that? Is there further questions I'll have when the president returns? And I'm sure he can't wait to sit down with you and explain why he went to Saudi Arabia and the Vatican and Italy and Brussels and then to meet with the rest of the G7. I'm sure he can't wait to justify to you because basically you're his boss, Nancy. You're in charge of him. Oh, she makes me so crazy. I got to step away. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Your Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just kind of wandering through the news of the day today. And I'll tell you, there's not a whole lot of breaking news going on. There was an update on the Manchester, New Eng- uh, Manchester England bombing about a neighborhood being cleared out because they suspected the British intelligence suspect that the home in this part of Manchester may have been a place where the other device they believe was built has ended up. But there's not much reporting on that. Instead, the mainstream media is focused on the Washington Post allegations 
called uh, earth shaking last night, and the earth shaking seems to have subsided a bit this morning as people look deeper into this about Jared Kushner and some request he allegedly made to uh, a Russian ambassador about a back-channel, secret back-channel connection. Now, things have calmed down a little bit, but we'll see. Jared Kushner says he's open to talking to the congressional hearings. He'll talk to the FBI. I, you know, this, this to me says uh, I got nothing to hide. And so we'll wait and see uh, when Maxine Waters comes out and starts stomping around. And uh, we'll see if there's anything big there. Oh, I got something on Maxine Waters. I have to remind you about it. But uh, the other proof that there's not a whole lot going on in the world today is that um, the media is obsessed with Melania Trump, the wife of a billionaire who happens to be the president, the wife of a billionaire who happens to be the first lady. They're obsessed with the fact that Melania Trump's coat costs $51,000. And my answer to you is, what do you care if she paid for it? It's her coat. It's her money. What do you care? Why do you care? Did you pitch the same kind of a fit when you saw a designer outfit on Michelle Obama? Did you put a price tag on everything? Well, sometimes we did see price tags. But, you know, when, when the Obamas are out there screaming about the uh, economic inequity in the country, the gap between the rich and the poor, and Michelle Obama is dressing in, in designer outfits that cost tens of thousands of dollars, nobody was grousing about it. And the Trumps, who believe in the beauty of America, the wonderful thing about our, our country that we don't have a maximum wage because we don't want anybody to be limited. You never hear the Trumps talking about income inequality and fairness. They just want to open up the world of our nation to full competition. They want to take off the shackles that have been put on us over the past eight years and, and kill all the regulations that were killing our economy and hope that people will take the opportunity and thrive and survive. I think it's a great example when the first lady pays for her clothes and is allowed to buy whatever she wants because she can. So, you know, this, this screaming, this hooting and hollering about the fact that the first lady's wearing a $51,000 designer coat as she's out hanging out on the trip doing first lady stuff. It's just another juxtaprogressive move as far as I'm concerned. It's just another bit of evidence of the, of the duplicity, of the hypocrisy on the left. I thought the coat was kind of crazy looking myself, but I'm not a fashion guy. I looked at it and said, really? You spent $51,000 on that? And I'm wondering if Donald said that too. Or maybe he said, as long as you like it, it's fine. But my only reaction was, that's $51,000? I could have bought a really nice car with that money. All right, rant over. We'll be back after the break. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the third hour of Pure Opelka. Thank you for joining me on this weekend edition of the of the my favorite show that I've ever been allowed to do anywhere ever. And that includes TV shows. I, I've been on wacky morning zoos. I've been on serious shows. And uh, this show is is my favorite, mostly because I get to deal with my own whims. And I get to pick the topics. And I get to go full speed ahead. And you guys get to be a part of it, too. So thank you for making this possible. And I've, I've asked you earlier... Uh, if you want to join the program, you're always welcome to at StuntBrain on Twitter, uh, Mike at TheBlaze.com, Mike at TheBlaze.com. You can always um, call in. Phones are open, 888 I've been watching the headlines. Kind of a slow news day today. The only other story that we're following is the in the in terms of breaking news. The Washington Post allegation that Jared Kushner proposed a secret line to the Kremlin. And we'll see, because when the president and the the group that has traveled with him overseas returns to the White House, Kushner is expected to testify in front of the House and Senate hearings on this whole Russia investigation. He said he'd be happy to. He's also said he'd be happy to talk to the FBI. So uh, I'm not too worried about that. I think um, I think we should just be mindful of it. If there's something there, we will find out. The White House is currently not commenting on it. I think that's the best way to go. Just the, this is going to be relentless. This is four years of this. It is literally going to be very, I, I think it's going to be difficult for this president to put up with this. I have said in the past on other radio shows in in my heart, I don't think I don't think Trump makes it to 2020. And whether it's by his his own desire to stop dealing with these these jack wagons in the Democratic Party or whatever. Just a thought. And I, I warn all of my friends on the left every time they say we're this close to getting them. Last night, a friend of mine posted on his Facebook page and I'm not going to tell you which one that there's a sealed indictment been handed to the White House. And, uh, and, and it said, you'll see tomorrow morning. Well, guess what was deleted from someone's Facebook feed this morning? Yeah, that statement about a sealed indictment, because it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Stop. You, you smart people, stop chasing these crazy rumors. Before you post something, check it out. Verify it. But in terms of the frustrations of the president, Don Lemon was on with um, Conan the O'Brien the other day, and uh, he was talking about the White House, and they both have the same theory, apparently, about the president. No, but uh, there is this theory, and I'm just wondering where you fall in this theory, what you believe. Yeah. People, some people think that Trump doesn't like the job, he had a, great, a better life before, uh, he didn't expect to win. He has won now, and that he might be looking for a way out because it's been nothing but headaches. Where do you, do you what do you think? Is that a, is that a possibility? That's my theory. Come that on. is your you theory. You stole that. Um, yeah, that's my theory. I, come on. Can you imagine? 
You are a billionaire, allegedly. We haven't seen the tax returns. You're a billionaire, a multi-billionaire. You live in a tower on Fifth Avenue in New York City. You have a beautiful wife. You have a plane. You have golf courses and houses. You can go wherever you want, and you're a free person. You can tweet and say whatever you want, criticize everyone, call the other president, you know, not American, born in Africa. You can do whatever you want with complete impunity, right? Right. But then now, you can, you are under investigation, your campaign. Um, people may end up going to jail. The people are talking about impeachment. I think, although I think we're, you know, that seems that's uh, a long very way. Premature, that's that's yeah. a long way off. Yeah. Um, but imagine that, and you can't do that. I, I don't think he likes the job. I think that he will find a way to get out of it at some point. Well, first of all, Don Lemon, I think it's kind of unfair to you to say I don't think he likes the job. I don't remember any Don Lemon sit down with President Trump. I'm just speculating on. The, the hassle factor. And if all of these all of these people are saying because they've tried to diminish the president by saying he has no attention span. You know what? I've worked with really smart people who are really successful, who are very much uh, distracted. At it's 30 seconds into a conversation, if they know that that there is a. Uh, that there's nothing more for them to pick up in this conversation because they are geniuses. Their minds drift to different places. I'm not saying Glenn Beck frequently changes the subject, but he might. If you listen to Glenn on his show, you'll hear him regularly state to Pat and Stu, ADD moment, and he'll just go off on a tangent. See, I think Trump does the same thing. But people like Don Lemon who are out there saying he hates the job, that he had a better life. Do they even understand that maybe Donald Trump is doing this because he has a calling that maybe he put convenience on the side to do what so many else, so many others in Congress have repeated to us before. So many others in DC have said, I come here to serve. Yeah, it's a step down for Donald Trump. It's a big step down for Donald Trump to actually show up every day and travel internationally and go on this massive international tour to meet virtually every day for the past eight days and represent this nation and try and get diplomacy done and, and hear the people yelling at him and to try and be overshadowed by, by Barack Obama, he, who's out there trying to steal Trump's thunder. It's, that's tough, and it's, it would be a lot easier. But don't you think he knew that when he put his, put his name on the line? I do. I actually do. And now, you know, maybe Trump was surprised by the last, the last second victory that they pulled off, but I honestly believe he went into the race to win it. I don't think he went in the race or stayed in the race because he did not want to be president. That just doesn't make any sense. And I do think Donald Trump's a guy who, when he finally is committed as he is to this job, I think he'll try and stay as long as he can. But unless unless the Democrats, Democrats make it impossible for him to do anything, which seems like that's what they're trying to do. And remember when Mitch McConnell made that statement about... Uh, about Barack Obama and to make sure that his presidency is not a success. Remember how the left went nuts? 
where's the right where's the right not not accepting this from uh, the Democrats? Where is the right standing up and saying, cut it out? Can't you may not like the president, but can't we work to get something done? I don't see anybody doing that. And I wish they would. I really wish they would. And in terms of the members of Congress who probably could have had a better life as well, we should look at some of the some of the really rich people who are serving this nation. You want to talk about the richest people uh, serving the country and and how their life could be so much better? How about how about John McCain? Isn't John McCain worth a hundred million dollars? Isn't John McCain one of those people who who could have said, uh, you know, I don't I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to to show up and get beaten up. I could just I could just retire now. How about Daryl Issa, who's worth two hundred and fifty plus million? How about Mark Warner, who's almost a hundred millionaire? All those people who have all that money who don't have to do this job. Representative Daryl Issa, $250 million. Representative Mike McCall of Texas, worth $107 million. Representative John Delaney of Maryland, $90 plus million. Mark Warner, $90 plus million. Senator Dick Blumenthal, $67 million. Senator Dianne Feinstein, $52 million. They don't need the job. They don't need to show up. They have the same kind of wealthy opportunity that Trump has. They could live how they want. But we, we worship them because they choose to serve. Donald Trump chooses to serve. So let's let him. We elected him to do it. Just kind of interesting, right? Yeah, I, I think it is. I got off on a little bit of a tangent there. A little ADD moment, maybe. When we get back, I want to talk about racism. I want to talk about uh, reverse racism. And I want to talk about more stupid teachers. Oh, yeah. We told you about the, the teacher who gave the award to the student for most likely to become a terrorist. Remember that? That showed up this week. Well, the same school, the same teacher actually gave out more awards, and we need to talk about that. And we will next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just uh, been a crazy week, right? I need to get Brandon Morse on this. We need to talk about is it racist? There was a story that was on the blaze earlier this week out of Anthony Aguirre Junior High School in the Houston, Texas area. And um, there was a story about a a student who received an award that said uh, most likely to become a terrorist. 
And of course, there was a, a, a complete meltdown, as there should have been, because who gives a student that award? Who, who says that's okay? Where's the common sense? I agree with that. You got to feel bad for the kid because they, they give the award out and the whole class hears it and yuck, yuck, yuck. And then you, you know that for the rest of the year, you're going to be hit on that. Hey, you're most likely to become a terrorist. Same school, same teacher, another offensive award. A different student was given the award that read, most likely to blend in with white people. This is from a teacher. This is actually, and it's, it's in the form of a, a certificate that they actually hand to the student. Most likely to blend in with white people. What are we doing? Are we trying to make it worse? You're, you're telling one person that they're likely to become a terrorist, the one person they're likely to be the most likely to blend in with white people. Seriously, teachers, what the hell are you doing? It makes no sense. And, and guess what's going to happen? The moms, thank God the mom stood up and said, look, my kid's really upset about this. Yes, you should be upset. This is the thing you should be upset about. Not the school bus driving by a, a body with a sheet over it 50 feet from the road. You should be upset when a teacher targets your child. Because kids, especially at a junior high, especially in junior high, Kids are going to be mean. Kids are going to stick that label on you. Kids of color are not going to like it. And, and the kids, the white kids are going to wonder why this has been put on you. Because aren't we all supposed to be one? Why are, we, why are we accentuating the differences instead of just celebrating them? So the superintendent of schools sent a statement to the local Fox affiliate in Houston saying, uh, we would like to emphasize that a recent incident where insensitive and offensive mock awards presented to students are in no way associated with the college readiness system at our school. And we do not support this type of recognition under any circumstances. Yeah, uh, they put the advanced college readiness systems logo on the certificates. So all the kids who are in this program also probably got some kind of award with that on there. So the, these kids now have the sticker from this special college training program. The teacher suspended. Mom wants the teacher suspended or fired, so fired. And uh, you know what? I tend to agree. If you don't have the common sense to realize that you shouldn't be teaching kids this story, this lesson, then you don't belong in the school system. You belong somewhere else. You belong in another job. Now, on the other side of the coin, there are a couple other stories that popped in the education world this week that I think are worth noting. One of them was a story out of, out of um, I think it was out of Chicago. And we'll have to go back and look that up on The Blaze about the demands from the students. And we'll get into those demands because I think they're kind of... Uh, well, how do we correctly identify them? Oh, idiotic would be the word I would use. But students at a, a liberal arts college, not in Illinois, this is a different one. 
This is uh, in Olympia, Washington at Evergreen State College. Brett Weinstein is a biology professor at the school. And uh, he sent an email to other faculty members that was critical of an event that the school put on. The school put on something called a day of absence where white people were encouraged not to show up, basically. He wanted, they wanted a, a, a day of absence where white faculty and students were supposed to leave the campus. Now, does this make any sense to anybody? Uh, un, under what strange dual sun sky in an alternative universe does it make sense to say, you know how we should uh, learn, we should take one group and remove them from our society so we could all learn what it would be like without them. Now, he didn't like this. Brett Weinstein, the professor of biology at Evergreen State College, didn't like the idea. And he criticized it and uh, sent the email to uh, some of his other faculty members. Well, anybody... Uh, Anybody want to guess what happened? Weinstein's email apparently was taken by one member of the faculty, or maybe a couple, and given to some students. And the students have now lost their mind. As many as 200 of students have demonstrated across the campus, taking over classrooms, at one point barricading the president's office at the college, and then eventually... Uh, confronting Weinstein and uh, t telling him that they they want an apology and they want a resignation from him. Now, he tried to hold a, a civil discussion with the students, explaining, you know, there's a difference between a debate and a, a dialectic. And he explained to those that don't know, a debate is something that you actually are trying to win. And a dialectic means you're, you're using that disagreement to discover what is true. I want not to debate. I'm interested in a dialectic, he told them, which does mean he wants to listen to them, but he expects them to listen to him. And the students, a bunch of them responded, we, we don't care what terms you want to speak on. This is not about you. We are not speaking on terms, on terms of white privilege. This is not a discussion. You have lost that one. This is the voice of the new progressive generation, the people that don't understand the difference between debate and dialectic, the people that can't tolerate a discussion with a differing op opinion, that you are being lumped in. They don't see the irony of lumping in this professor with their conception of white privilege, whatever the heck that is. And, and his presence alone means he's not allowed to speak because he can't know. It's so, so obvious to me, not to them. There's more on this. If I can play the clip, I will. I have to make sure there's no cursing in it. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are uh, we're going to jump back into this discussion of race, but there is breaking news as the president prepares to leave uh, Europe and start heading home from his his extensive overseas trip to the Middle East and to uh, Italy, to Brussels and and Sicily, as he'll be speaking to our troops in Sicily. Apparently, the president, the president has said the decision on the Paris Climate Accord will come next week. He was under a lot of pressure, we hear, from the world leaders during his visit yesterday and uh, today. Now, back to the subject. We were talking about the issue of racism and also some of the stupidity that goes on when the snowflakes are allowed to... to uh, let their temper tantrums run a university. And I was talking about this guy, Brett Weinstein, Weinstein, Weinstein. He is a, he is a professor of biology at a school in Washington. And he wrote to the, the faculty, all of the faculty and talked about this day of absence and day of absence, I guess has been something in the past at this university, where um, they invited different people to participate. And apparently this, this year it was ordered or mandated that there will be a, not a voluntary absence from the university community on that day of absence, but a mandatory one. And the initial idea was to show people to highlight the the underappreciated role of that group in society, but it was voluntary, and apparently uh, this year was not supposed to be voluntary. They were telling white faculty and students that this would be your day of absence, and he didn't like it. He wrote, quote, you may take this letter as a formal protest of this year's structure, and you may assume I will be on campus on the day of absence. I would encourage others to put Phenotype aside, I had to look that word up, phenotype aside and reject this new formulation, whether they have registered for it or already or not. On a college campus, one's right to speak or to be must never be based on skin color. Brilliant statement. On a college campus, one's right to speak or to be must never be based on skin color. Apparently, this uh, memo that he sent was leaked to the students, the students who lost their mind and protested and, and locked down the, the president's office, locked down the library. So preventing everyone else from studying while they stomp their feet and call for the firing of, of Professor Weinstein or Weinstein. And I want you to hear a little bit of him and then a little bit of them, because you can you can hear the lack of sensibility. You can hear the lack of even even a, a, a thought of being kind or gracious or being interested in hearing anything these people have to say, anything the professor has to say. Here's the opening of this confrontation. The students waited for him outside of his office and confronted him. 
Debate means you are trying to win. Dialectic means you are using disagreement to discover what is true. I am not interested in debate. I am interested only in dialectic, which does mean I listen to you and you listen to me. You don't have to even we don't care what terms you want to speak on. This is not about you. It got a little more confrontational. There was more hooting and hollering. And then it got down to, uh, let's see if I can get you to this one point near the end of this short clip. Okay, wait a second. First of all, first of all, day of absence has been here longer than I have. I have never protested it until the idea, until, they don't want to hear him. He was, he's saying day of absence has been here longer than he has. He has never protested it until this year when it did not become voluntary, when it became targeted the way it has become. They don't even want to allow him to explain. No. Now you know why I had to take a break, because these guys can't use... Uh, normal English to, to make their argument. They think they have to pepper it with expletives. And, and these students, this mob who took over the university, the, the professor was, was also very disturbed because he was threatened physically. His life was threatened. The police told him he was not safe. They told him he was not safe. And the, the president of the students and the university wouldn't recognize this. He actually tried to get the university to, uh, to help him out. But it's, it's shocking that, that he was singled out because he disagreed with what the school was trying to foist upon the entire community. They wanted the, the white teachers and the white students to forcibly give up a day on campus. There are many different tweets about this. Uh, Brett Weinstein's Twitter account is peppered with them over the last few days. He talked about things like, to be clear, the police told me I am not safe on campus. They cannot protect me. The administration had not contacted him. The press really didn't cover it until a couple of national outlets picked up on it. The president of the university was barricaded with protesters in his office. The police were forced to stand down by the president of the campus under this protest control, making the students unsafe. I, I like this statement he made earlier in the middle of it all. Woke is broke. And by that, I mean at this moment, Many are having a false and very dangerous epiphany. I don't, I don't understand the lack of ability to step back and see what you're doing is, is so twisted or so myopic. And, and yet it's, it's happened because we have allowed these kids to get from childhood to adulthood 
without teaching them critical thinking, without teaching them to have a discussion, instead showing them that it's, it's much better, much, much easier for them to shout someone down and demand that they're gone. We talked about this the other day. Nobody understands contrast. They all want to seek that one perfect note that they believe they hear as a perfect note. Well, eventually that note becomes boring and useless unless you have different harmonies weighing in, different notes, complementing, contrasting. And that's the reality I think this professor was going for. But he was shut down, shut down by students who are blinded by what they believe is the truth when all it is is a false rage. This story isn't going away because I think you're going to see more of these days of absence. I, I never heard of the day of absence. I know we had in, in the past, we've had attempts to create, remember the day without an immigrant, the day without a woman. You know, I understand people are trying to make a point. But at the end, everybody gets hurt by this especially in the case of the day without the immigrant. How many people lost their jobs? How many people were told, uh, you're not going to be working here if you don't show up to do your job. You're trying to just hurt the business. We understand you're valuable. Now get to work and get your paycheck. This story disturbs me more than the story of the fake awards that we heard in the last break. They're both offensive, but this one bothers me more because these students are only getting bolder. And I, I didn't even get to the demands of the kids at the college in Chicago. The kids who want, who want segregated dorms and segregated classrooms. Are you kidding me? It just, it denies history. This is what's so crazy. All right, I'm taking a break. I, I got to come back. I, I have an update on uh, one of the biggest events in the country this weekend. And uh, some of the safety precautions that are happening and i'll explain it to you next on pure opelka you're listening to pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Gosh, we're almost out of here. Jeff Fisher uh, just about to step in and take over. And then uh, Lawrence Billy Jones, followed by Mike Slater and Joe Pags here on the Blaze Radio Network. Take it with you. Go to theblaze.com. Go to my channel. Follow me, please. I'm trying to cross the 20,000 threshold. I got to catch up to Doc Thompson. I, I'm working overtime to catch up to Doc, but I know he's got a secret plan to stay ahead of me. So I need your help. So please do that. A, a shout out to Rand Paul this morning. Senator Rand Paul working on a Saturday morning just retweeted Donald Trump's tweet about the Paris Accord, the climate accord. Senator Paul saying, let's do it, Donald Trump. Time to get out of this bad deal for U.S. jobs. I'm happy to see an American senator working on a Saturday. One of my, one of my favorites, Rand Paul. Uh, good for you, Senator. Now can we get working on that Fourth Amendment protection? I know he's always on top of that, too. 
really ticked off. I didn't get into the Obama story about all the spying that was done into private citizens that Circa.com has the coverage on it. You, you should check out Circa.com as well. Oh, boy. I got a couple more things to share with you, too. Um, I mentioned the big event this weekend, of course, the Indianapolis 500 happening uh, this weekend, depending on weather, you know, which day we'll make it happen. And don't think the Department of Homeland Security is paying attention. Well, especially after John Kelly's statement yesterday. Uh, first, uh, it's everywhere. It's constant. Uh, we've had four major terrorist attacks in a week on, in four different places, obviously Manchester, um, uh, Egypt, uh, Philippines and Indonesia by the same, generally the same groups. It's uh, nonstop. The good news is for us uh, in America, we have amazing people protecting us every day. DHS, obviously, FBI, uh, fighting the, uh, the away game is DOD, Department of Defense, uh, CIA, NSA, working with these incredible allies we have in Europe and around the world. Uh, but it can happen almost here anytime. Uh, I was telling Steve on the way in here, if, if he knew what I know about terrorism, he'd never leave the house. Okay, thanks. I needed that, John Kelly. If you knew what I knew about terrorism, you'd never leave the house. You're going to have a hundred thousand plus, what is several hundred thousand showing up to watch at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And they have added reportedly an extra thousand local cops. And we understand there's some federal observation uh, officials going to be there. You're bringing in federal cops, you're bringing in I don't think you're going to see military there, but they are taking some extra precautions because you know these jack wagons want to strike at the heart of the great American traditions. So we, we will keep an eye on that. We'll say our prayers for that. A shout out to uh, Joe Scarborough, who actually sent a thank you to us for our, our prayers for Mika's family as Mika Brzezinski lost her dad. And we can be on on both sides of the aisle and still be human beings and be compassionate to one another. And I think that's really important. Keep that in your, in your head and in your heart. And as we will no doubt hear all kinds of speculation about Jared Kushner, uh, I have to share with you 16 seconds of genius from Charles Krauthammer on the topic. There's no news here. Kushner is going to be questioned. He knows things. There's no indication he's a subject. There's no indication he's a target. There is no even allegation he did anything improper. So what's the story here? Why is it on the front page? I'll tell you why it's on the front page, Charles, because progressive hate knows no bounds. The temper tantrum from the snowflakes who are still offended that Hillary Clinton lost will not wane. It is something we have to accept and just keep walking forward. The president, if he would learn from Bill Clinton and just keep getting his agenda pushed forward, he will get through this. That's all I can give him in terms of advice. And Mrs. Clinton, I want to remind you what we said earlier at the top of the show. There have only been... Two presidents impeached in this nation, in the history of our nation. One named Johnson and the other one, 50% of all the presidents impeached in the history of America share your last name.
not not Richard Nixon, William Jefferson Clinton. Don't forget to download the show. Maybe you won the uh, the shirts I picked up during the Pope's visit. Uh, it's in the Easter egg. So download the show, listen to the end, and then uh, join me. Noon, Eastern, Monday through Friday, Piero Pelka. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Opelka. With Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the show. Please remember, go to theblaze.com, click on my channel, follow me. It's right there in the channels section. Click channels, see my mug, the picture I hate so much. Click on follow and you'll get all the updates as they happen. Now, in terms of last week's Easter egg, I asked you what kind of steak was I looking forward to getting from the Cuban? It is the tomahawk steak. A bunch of you got it right. Unfortunately, only one of you can win because I only had one prize pack to give away. Sharon, congratulations. Is it Lamy or Lama? I'll write to you and send you a, a response. You can tell me where to send your shirts. The rest of you... You know, I don't have anything this week, but, but when we come back, I promise I've got a new surprise. So join me next week and then Monday through Friday, of course, noon to three Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Puro Pelka. Testudo, my friends. And remember, three o'clock Monday, pause, honor, remember on Memorial Day.